0: Welcome back yet again to Brojo Online and today we're going to be having a look at charismatic listening techniques or reflective listening techniques as I like to call it. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence and integrity. So tonight's, uh, today's topic reflective listening this is a really important one in terms of learning how to build a connection so tonight's topic is all about social connection and being able to create a deeper meaningful powerful connection so when you're having an interaction with someone there's two main parts there's you expressing yourself and then there's you receiving what they are expressing and that's what we're going to be focusing on today is how to powerfully receive what somebody else is expressing there was uh, i can never remember who it was about it's a very long time ago a reporter interviewed two american presidential candidates I'll, I'll try and remember who they are and send that through but it's not important the the reporter was asked afterwards who she think would win the election And with the first president, she said, when I spoke with him, I felt like he was the most impressive person on the planet. But with the second guy, when I spoke with him, I felt like I was the most impressive person on the planet. And that's where we're going with this today. We're going to look at how do you listen and interact with someone in a way where they feel special, or at least they're invited to. Now, I don't mean to manipulate them into pretending. That you think that they are great, but to pay attention, to focus on them and to interact with them in such a way where they they feel that significance, where they are your whole world. You have made them your whole world. And it's probably the greatest space you can create for a connection. Back when I was into pickup, there was a guy who did a quote. He said, The most attractive thing to a woman is to be desired by a powerful man. And this is going to be talking about that being desired part. We're going to show how you can captivate your own attention with somebody else, how you can make somebody else interesting to you. Because this is the key factor here. It's not somebody else's job to be interesting. It's your job to be interested. I want you to really let that sink in. Because so often we think, oh, I couldn't find anything in common. They were boring, so on and so forth. When you say that to me, all I hear was, I wasn't paying attention. Because humans are fascinating. At least they are to me, and they are to most others. And the ones we find most fascinating are the ones that captivate our attention. But so many of us are passive in this. We wait for someone to be so entertaining that it captures our attention. It's like we're numb, and we require this massive stimulation to be brought into the present moment. What I'm going to be talking about today is actually how to captivate yourself, how to bring yourself to that point of extremely interested in someone. Today is talking about how to be all in, to be a hell yes in an interaction there. If you're going to interact with someone, then interact with them and be fully present and fully paying attention to them. And if you're not going to be able to be capable of doing that, then don't do it at all. Don't even interact with them even a tiny bit because confidence dies in the maybe so before we look at you know uh, the practical techniques and this will be a very practical session i want you guys and girls to just take a moment to stop and think what does it mean when someone's not paying attention to you how do you know that that's happening I want you to think about somebody that you regularly interact with in your life and doesn't pay attention to you or you feel isn't really listening to you when you speak, isn't really there when you're interacting. What do you notice? Some of the common things that will come up is what we're gonna discuss today. And and the first one I wanna have a look at, it's a very subtle one. It'll be that moment when you're speaking and at a certain point during your expression, you haven't finished yet, you can see that they are lost. You can see that they've already come to a conclusion about what you're saying they've already decided and now they're just waiting for their turn to speak we talk about this one a lot waiting for their turn to speak you know that feeling when someone's just waiting they're not listening they're just hoping that you'll stop talking so that they can have a go so that can often be demonstrated by body language you can see somebody come to a conclusion halfway through what you're saying and you you, you can see that they're just waiting They've already decided now, and anything extra that you say is is a waste of of their time. Another one is interrupting, which is a more more forceful expression of this. So if somebody interrupts halfway through what you're saying, then they've either already decided what you're going to say, so they finish it for you in their minds, or they're not interested in what you're saying at all and just want to express themselves. So the interrupting is a really, really strong sign that somebody is not paying attention, unless unless that interrupting is to balance the investment, like wait, stop for a second, I want to digest that first thing you said. That is a more powerful and uh, authentic, I'd say, form of interrupting. But interrupting just going, "Yeah, yeah, 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 and this is my story. That shows that you're not paying attention. And that's what it feels like. So there's a lot of body language signals that comes into somebody showing that they're not paying attention to you. They might be looking around the room. They might be fiddling on their phone. That's one of the the latest ones in in human society is this kind of this battle between you and their machine. That's why I I like to really I really set boundaries strongly with people about using their phones around me. Like as soon as somebody uses their phone around me, I'm like okay I'll go then, you know, because I think it's just uh, such a massive disconnect. So somebody somebody's body leaving the conversation in a way they turn away from you, they look away from you, they give you that kind of i think of it as the representative like they're there paying attention a little bit but it's not really them it's like this person that they've put in place of themselves that's kind of just goes uh huh Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah they just nod along and kind of agree and disagree in all the right places and so this autopilot response thing well you can tell their mind has gone somewhere else it's off away paying attention to something else I want you to think about other examples that you've experienced where you really feel like someone's not paying attention to you. Perhaps it's the person who outranks you at work and is quite arrogant about it. It might be the salesperson that you had to deal with recently who was so so focused on the sale that they were just waiting for you to get whatever your complaint or uh, resistance is out so that they could deal with it and just make the sale. Anybody. F- when you feel like you're being rushed towards a conclusion of some kind. These are all those warning signs of somebody not paying attention to you. The reason I want you to think about this is twofold. First off, I want you to think about what effect this has on you when it comes to trying to connect with that person. What kind of effect does it have when you're talking to someone you know they're not paying attention? What effect does it have on the connection? Now we've talked about this a lot in brojo live sessions and there's some common things that come out the first one being is that you start to lose trust you start to reduce your openness and your vulnerability when you're in the presence of someone who's not paying attention you start to feel unsafe to share and express yourself you feel unworthy you feel uh, insignificant when somebody is not paying attention and it reduces your desire to express yourself why should i bother saying something if they're not even listening to me so what we can see is you know at the at the beginning of the session i talked about there's those two pillars to an interaction there's you expressing yourself and then there's you receiving their expression and we can see here that without one of those pillars the whole thing crumbles so if you're doing nothing but listening and you're not sharing anything about yourself They will feel like they're oversharing and they'll either be so unhealthy in their mind that they think this is a good thing or they'll start to feel unsafe because you have all this information about them and they have nothing on you and it closes them up when you're not paying attention properly what we can see is that they feel that their information is going out to a person who doesn't care about it it's going to a person who doesn't respect it who doesn't place any significance on it and that makes them feel vulnerably exposed at risk and they start shutting down one of the interesting things that's always occurred to me throughout my whole life it's one of the reasons i became a coach there's something about me and i don't know what it is to this day that makes people open up to me all my life i've had people come and dump their problems at my door uh, and and it's even occurred with complete strangers now the closest i've been able to come to understanding why this happens is to do with the way i listen When somebody talks, they have my full attention most of the time, and this has always been the case. Even when I was a nice guy, people, please, in fact, that's probably where I trained it, because I was so hypersensitive to what people thought of me that I was watching and listening very carefully to try and guess what was going on with them. It actually, it was beneficial in the way it developed my ability to listen, my ability to pay attention, just a lot more toxic back then. so. I've always had people kind of come up and, and open up to me, and, and it's taught me that. Well, for a long time, I believed that that's just how people are. They just come and dump their problems and they, they just talk to you about everything. But I've since realized that that does not happen for a lot of people. There are a lot of people that the reason they dump such a big pile at my door is because they haven't been able to open up to anyone else. So, most of you watching this, I can almost guarantee that you're not very good at paying attention during an interaction. I want you to just let that sit, unless people regularly open up and tell you their deepest, darkest secrets, odds are you're not a very good listener. Now you might like to think you are, and you might pat yourself on the back about being so, but that doesn't actually make it true. And one of the biggest warning signs that you're not is that you think about what you're going to say next. If you're somebody who pre-plans what they're going to say before somebody else has finished expressing themselves before they finish speaking if you're somebody who guesses where somebody is going with what they're saying and is so sure that you know that you don't bother to listen to the rest you're someone who does not pay attention and this is why one of the reasons why people are not opening up and connecting with you so regardless of how good you are at listening, I think it's really going to be helpful for you to just assume that you could be better at it. Because that's pretty much always going to be true. It's the same for me. I could always be a better receiver, a better listener. Though it's not always about sound. So I want you guys to just assume that you could improve and that if you're struggling to make connections, if you feel that people do not open up and tell you what they're thinking of you, what they feel about you, uh, the deepest, darkest secrets, their shame. If you're not regularly getting that information, odds are it's because people do not feel safe to deliver it to you because you're not paying attention. One of the main problems with not paying attention properly is people feel judged. And you'll know it from your own experience. If you're speaking and someone's not paying attention to you, you will start to mind read and guess all the reasons why and most of the time you will personify those. You'll take them personally so if someone's not paying attention you're unlikely to think oh maybe they're distracted by their troubles at home you're more likely to think oh they don't like me they uh they think what i'm saying is boring or i need to be more funny you're going to start assuming all these things about yourself what's really interesting is that so often you when you don't pay attention It's got nothing to do with the other person. It has to do with all of your own issues and your own distractions and your own fears and anxieties and tiredness and whatever. Yet when somebody else does it, you're going to assume that it's about you. So the point I'm trying to make here is when you do not pay attention during an interaction or when someone does not pay attention to you during an interaction, the connection is broken. The connection starts to dissolve and the walls come up between the two of you. And those walls, once they're up, It's a lot harder to bring them down it's so much easier starting with an open space and no walls than it is to bring walls down after they've come up now some people are always going to have their walls up that's just the way they are and that's fine we've got all sorts of resources to help you guys deal with that but for now let's just let's just go forward on the assumption that you could be paying more attention earlier at the start i said it's not someone else's job to be interesting it's your job to be interested this is going back to our a common theme that comes up in Brojo is being attached to outcomes and being attached to external validation. If you're waiting for someone to be interesting and for, you're waiting for someone to entertain you and you're waiting for someone to connect with you, then you're powerless, you're helpless, you're weak. If you're waiting for people to be interesting, it shows that you lack the ability to be interested in what you consider to be mundane things now anything that's mundane boring uninteresting by your own standards you've created that that is not an objective measure by any means things that you might think of as boring are the most exciting thing in the world to other people it's totally subjective which means it's under your influence how interesting something is to you is totally under your control there's a great story, and I don't know if it's uh, fictional or if it's real. I think it's real. There was a guy being trained to be a Shaolin monk um, up in the, the mountains of wherever. And he was by the monks, you know, the, the senior monk standard. He was far too distracted, which means he could only meditate for 20 days at a time or something. Um, and he was just a just a wild, rebellious mind by their standards. So what they did for an entire year is they made him kneel for 12 hours a day, crumpling up uh, sheets of rice paper and smoothing them out again with his hands and then crumpling up and then smoothing them out. For the first few months, this was pure torture for him. He was so bored. He was so uninterested in the task. He felt like quitting. He felt like giving up and running away because it was just the most mind numbing tasks that he had been put to but then after a while he started to notice something he started to notice how every time he crumpled up the paper and smoothed it out the wrinkles would appear in a different way he started to notice how the floor felt on his knees he started to feel the breeze on his neck he started to hear the birds and the, the insects of the forest down below the mountain and he started to expand his awareness to see that actually through this simple not mundane but simple act of crumpling up the paper and smoothing it out again he was honing his ability to pay attention and what really occurred for him over time was that the 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 act of of crumpling and smoothing the paper became so stimulating for him he could barely handle it there was so much going on that those 10 hours a day flew by now this is the same for you now i'm I guess i'm lucky i've got a predisposition towards being interested in people i've always had uh, an interest in what people think mostly for my own toxic reasons at the start but then later on it became about psychology it became you know i did a psychology degree which i didn't originally intend to do i switched into doing it after um i took a psychology paper as part of another course And it just fascinated me. The way the human brain works fascinated me. The way people interact when they're in a group absolutely fascinates me. And so I find it easy to pay attention to people. I'm lucky in that sense that people are already interesting, even people that others consider boring. I find interesting because I know that there's just this massive depth of psychology behind even the most simple and predictable behaviors i welcome you all to take this approach to imagine that actually every person is interesting if you pay attention every person will be interesting if you can learn how to pay attention and one way you can do this and this will what will lead to our practical exercises soon is to understand that whatever someone is expressing to you however you perceive that is not the full truth there's more. There's a hidden depth to what someone is expressing. And if you take it at face value, you're missing out on a huge amount of information. It's tip of the iceberg. I, uh, there's a coaching technique that I learned. I can't remember if I made it up for myself or if someone taught it to me. But that is to work on the assumption that the first thing someone says is a lie. Now, that doesn't mean that people are deliberately deceitful and manipulative. What I mean is that when somebody first expresses themselves, they still don't know what they're trying to say. And that first expression is just their first draft. It's just their first attempt at it. So when somebody says something to me, I always now, I always assume there's more to it than what they're saying. Even the most practical logistical thing has more to it. For example, if someone says, oh, I'm just heading down to the shops to buy some milk, you might think, well, that's pretty straightforward. There's no more to it than that. But if you're really paying attention you might notice that they're in a rush you might notice that they're a bit grumpy you might notice that they're kind of looking at you in an expectant way like maybe you could contribute to buying the milk there's so much more to what they're saying than just the words that come out of their mouth for the first time and actually the second and third time are usually pretty pretty far off the core as well you really have to dig deep with someone to get the truth because they don't know what the truth is Part of coaching is just about helping people discover the truth. All I do is just ask the right questions and use the techniques that we're going to be talking about soon to help them figure out their deeper level of truth. So if you're finding you're talking to someone and that you find the conversation is in the category of small talk, you think it's superficial and uninteresting or boring. It means that you're taking that first expression at its face value and you're not looking for the hidden depth. Because everybody has hidden depth. Everybody has hidden emotions going on underneath everything they say. People are this fascinating, evolving, variable experience. And if you think they're boring, it's simply because you're not paying attention. It's kind of like uh, if we take a sport that a lot of people find boring and some people find it fascinating, uh, cricket. I used to be a massive fan of cricket. I played it when I was a kid. I knew all the players' names and statistics and all that kind of stuff. And like baseball, a similar sport, if you watch it without really paying attention, if you watch it without knowing what's going on, without understanding the game, it is inanely boring. It is, you know, both baseball and cricket are slow, low action events to watch. They're not stimulating in themselves. They're not like watching a massive stage show with fireworks and magicians and things like that. It's just watching guys throw a ball, hit the ball, throw a ball, hit the ball, and it can seem really boring but if you understand the the complex and and almost infinite rules especially with cricket there's so many rules then you understand why all the history to it why the 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 pitch is 22 yards and why the person must throw the ball with a straight arm when they're bowling and why the one guy's wearing a helmet and the other guy's looks like he should be wearing a helmet, isn't wearing a helmet, and so on. When you understand why all of that's happening, it becomes more interesting. When you look for the depth in the game, it becomes more interesting. Now, there are some people who will learn everything there is to know about cricket and still decide they don't like it. Fine. That means you found a bad fit. And it's the same with a connection. When you've explored someone to their depth and you still don't like them, then you know for sure that this is not a good connection for you. It's not a good fit. However, so many people make the assumption that they've already discovered a poor fit simply because the first thing that somebody says does not interest them, that they are not the big pyrotechnic magic show. So therefore, they're not interesting. Some of the most quiet and reserved introverted people have the most fascinating depths. The thing is with someone who's extroverted and loud and entertaining, you're more likely to get most of the picture right up front. So whatever you're seeing is kind of what they are. it's like uh, there's a thing around uh, penis length, showers and growers. So a shower is kind of somebody who's full length, no matter whether they're flaccid or hard. Whereas a grower, you never know what they're going to be, they're surprising. And people are like that. people are like penises. This is a weird topic. the The ones who appear to be least interesting to begin with, <clears throat> are often the ones hiding the most. Now, that doesn't mean that you'll end up finding them interesting, but it does mean that if you make a snap judgment that they're boring, you're the one who's not being interested. You're the one who's missing out. They, they are not showing you everything they have to show. And the same can apply with the very extroverted types. Their performance might actually be just a performance to hide the hidden depths. And you guys, a lot of you watching will know from your own experience that we hide a lot. There's a lot we're ashamed of. And a lot of the times during an interaction, I'd say for most people, it's like 90 to 95% of the time. We're not really saying what we really think. We're not showing what we really feel. We're embarrassed and ashamed of half of our emotions at least. So we hide all of them. And then most of our thoughts, we think of them as inappropriate or offensive or impolite or unprofessional. And we hide all of those as well. So when you're interacting with someone, understand that they are hiding most of themselves from you most of the time. So if you think they're boring, what you're really saying is, I'm not going to look any deeper because I don't have the energy or I don't want to. Let's have a look now as we move towards the practical aspects of this. What makes you feel like someone is paying attention to you? I want you to think of whoever it is in your life who you feel the most, pays the most attention to, who you feel listens to you the best, if there is such a person. There will be a few of you watching who have never had that experience before because many people, many people are not very good at listening. So I want you to think about someone who treats every word that comes out of your mouth as a rich source of information. Somebody who waits for you to finish speaking before they even decide how they're going to respond. Somebody who sets aside their phone and puts pushes away other distractions, looks you in the eye and says, go, tell me. How does it make you feel when that happens how do you feel when somebody is really listening to you what is it what effect does it have on your ability to be open what effect does it have on your sharing and your connection with that person what effect does it have on your ability to trust them to want to spend more time with them and how do you feel about yourself when you're in those interactions? Now, no doubt for those of you who've had this experience, a lot of your answers were talking about feeling significant, feeling important, feeling cared for, feeling like this person understands you, feeling like you're connected to them. It's an almost a complete absence of loneliness when someone listens to you. One of the things I talk about when it comes to building confidence is give what you want to get to help train people into generous, genuine giving. And this is a great one for that. If you're feeling lonely and you want to get connection from someone, give them connection, take away their loneliness by paying attention to them. It's amazing how much good you can do in the world simply by paying attention when people speak. You will be one of the rare people in their life. Most people do not seem to have many people in their lives who listen to them. They have acquaintances, they have friends, they even have partners, and yet, still, none of these people really listen to them. They're so wrapped up in their own world that a conversation is usually a half-assed attempt between two representatives talking to each other while the real people are off distracted. Think about how good it makes you feel when somebody pays attention to you. I mean, there's a reason that people pay me thousands of dollars for coaching and people pay their therapists and counselors thousands of dollars It's because it's that valuable just to have someone paying attention to you. Just to have that sense of being significant to somebody else. That absence of loneliness and that ability to let it all out, to release the shame, to release all the burden of the, the built up mind and to share that experience with someone else who understands. Somebody goes, yes, I know what it's like to be a human. It can be pretty shitty sometimes. Tell me more can be a really great experience. In this session, and the practical skills we're now finally gonna go into after all that foreplay, this is how you can give someone else that feeling. This is one of the greatest gifts you can give. And I've said this often before, the greatest gift you can give is your undivided attention. You won't need to buy your partner any gifts or take them to fancy places or provide a lifestyle that exceeds your income all you have to do is give them your undivided attention it's the greatest gift you could ever give them it makes them feel significant so what we're going to be talking about now is the five basic stages of reflective listening five basic stages of reflective listening the reason I called this charismatic listening techniques partly because I knew it would bring more of you to listen but also because going back to that original half-remembered story about the presidential candidates and the reporter. Charisma isn't about being the most impressive specimen in the room. Charisma is often about making other people feel significant. That's what the great leaders do. They make the followers feel significant because the great leaders are really interested in their followers. When a great leader is walking amongst his or her flock, and one person stops to talk to them, they have the entire leader's attention in that moment, and they carry it away for the rest of their lives. You talk about some people who have met presidents, you know, the, the great ones. They said, he looked me right in the eyes, he heard what I said, you know, he heard me and he responded. It's a great gift that they have to pay undivided attention to everyone, regardless of status. So we're gonna have a look at those practical techniques now so that you can create that charismatic effect of really paying attention to someone we're going to start with the most basic now in terms of you going away and practicing this in real life i suggest you start with this one and build your way up we're going to be taking these in order of depth the first one is the the least deep uh, the most shallow but still far more effective than 90 percent of what most people do during an interaction and then we're going to build up until we get to the really deep connection type listening so the first one's called basic reflection. Now the theme of all of these is to show that you've heard the person or to show at least that you're trying to. That's the main thing here. Is most of the time when somebody's talking to you, they don't believe that you're listening because of all their own insecurities and so on. So these techniques are really about showing that you are paying attention, to give them that reassurance, which will open them up more and more and allow them to feel understood. Now the first one is basic reflection. Sometimes known as mirroring, basic reflection is you really just give them back what they've given you, without any editing or moderating or anything. You just show that you've literally heard them. So if someone says to me, "I'm just, God, I'm just feeling so sad and depressed at the moment," it's like, "Ah, so you're feeling sad." That's a very basic reflection. I just give them back what they said. I showed, "Yep, I heard you. I definitely heard you. I heard your words, if nothing else." it's funny it will feel a lot of these techniques will feel weird when you do them you'll feel like it seems obvious that you're doing something but uh it's not always the case i had a client who was practicing this and and for the first week all he did was basic reflection so he'd choose the key words out of what someone was saying and give them back to him which was also a way of training himself to pay attention you have to listen to the words carefully to be able to reflect which is one of the main main things that's happening here is you're teaching yourself to pay attention And uh, he he went to see his boss at at his work. And this boss, he had never had anything more than a superficial employer-employee relationship. And uh, they did the standard little, um, I call it the social dance, you know, how's it going? How's your weekend, blah, blah, blah. And then you move on with your life. Nobody was really actually connecting. But this time he actually reflected. So I can't remember exactly what it was, but the boss said something like, oh yeah, I went fishing on the weekend. And this time, my client said, ah, fishing. He said the conversation went for 90 minutes after that. The boss just closed the door behind them and just opened up. And they walked away from that conversation almost best friends. Just from that little trigger of a basic reflection where the, the act of showing that you're paying attention snaps the person out of their autopilot pattern. And what I've found with even with the most basic reflection, just giving back what somebody said, it shows them that you're paying attention which is so rare that they just it unlocks all the doors it brings all the walls down this alone can transform your ability to connect with people you go into the the gas station to buy some petrol and you say hey how's your day going and they say good and you say, oh it's good and you just repeat what they've said they're forced to hear themselves they hear what they're saying it challenges them to be more truthful it totally opens them up, and they look up and they see you, paying attention. Like, oh, you said good. Like you're actually there with them, hoping to get some real information, and it just opens them up. It's not always, of course, but for people who are looking for connection, this is their invitation. This is you saying, hey, I'm somebody who will actually listen to you. Go ahead. So, basic reflection is you just take one of a couple of the key words that they've said or the key. Um, key phrase from what they've said and just give it back to them. You can also do it in the form of a question to kind of ask for more information. So somebody's like, yeah, went out fishing on the weekend night, you went fishing. And that makes me go, Yeah, yeah, well we went to the lake and and it gives you more detail. You know, it's a really simple way, rather than saying, oh yeah, what did you do when you were fishing? Just say, you went fishing? Fishing? You can just give them back that keyword as a reflection it just shows that you're paying attention it also shows what you're paying attention to what caught your attention which allows this the conversation to naturally go in the direction where both of you will connect you know if somebody says three things and you're like wait you went to paris you know and and you're showing that you one part of their conversation stood out to you more than the other then you're saying this is this is something we could connect on go go ahead go more so basic reflection is just giving them back their own words, quite literally mirroring them. The second one is paraphrasing. Paraphrasing is, again, another 10 times more powerful than basic reflection, and quite often, as we go up this the, the levels here, the the power of these multiplies 10 volt. So paraphrasing is so much more powerful than basic reflection. So if somebody's like, yeah, I went to the shops, and then I went fishing, And then I hung out with the wife for a bit and blah, blah, blah. And you would say, ah, so you did a lot of different things in one day. And you kind of wrap it up and summarize it and then give it back to them. You kind of show, this is how my mind took everything you said and then put it into a clear message for me. And you kind of show that you're paying attention, but you take it to that next level where you actually give them something. You give them your version of it. That's what paraphrasing is, is you take what they said and you go, what does my brain say about that? And give them your version of it. So you can take it all together and paraphrase it. You'll think of like when you remember somebody's story and you can't quite remember it properly. So you say it was kind of like this, and then this, something like that happened, and blah, blah, blah. That's what paraphrasing is. Yeah, summarizing what someone said. Paraphrasing is really powerful for people who share a lot with you. And you in and reflect it's too much for a basic reflection so someone's just spoken for five minutes about the the troubles that they're having with their partner for you to then go okay so you did this and then you did this and then you you know be too much being okay so from what sounds like you guys had a massive fight and then there was a big miscommunication and now you're not talking is that right so you you're checking in with the summary have i have i understood everything you said am i am i on track here Because remember what I said before, it's not so much about paying attention, it's about your effort to pay attention. You're showing them you're trying to understand. doesn't mean you actually have to understand. There's plenty of times where someone is still deeply connected and open to me, even though I don't have a clue what they're talking about. It's because I'm trying to have a clue what they're talking about. And paraphrasing is often how I demonstrate that. So wait, so you said this, and then something like that, and then something like that, am I right? And you're sort of checking in with them. Again, this can be statement or question form. And quite often you can finish with a kind of check in, like, am I hearing you right? Or you can start the statement like, it sounds like this, or well, from what I'm hearing, it seems like, and so on, you paraphrase. So it sounds like, it seems like, those are the good paraphrasing kind of preemptive, whatever you call them, word, pronoun, I don't know, I don't know, grammar, right? I should, I'm an author, but I don't. So it's the, the second level. The third level is relating. the first level is basic reflection second level is paraphrasing the third level and we're getting again 10 times deeper is you take what they've given you and you allow it to trigger something about yourself maybe it's a an anecdote or a story maybe it's a feeling maybe it's just an understanding uh where you show them that what they've said has affected you in some way and you want to relate that back to them now we're going to separate emotional relating later on. So this one's more about relating at a, at a, at a less, kind of, at a more lo- rational and logical level. So it might be like, oh, yes, that's just like the time when my friend did that to me. It's that kind of story sharing that you see, if you watch best friends communicate with each other, they don't really answer questions back and forth like an interview. They just go story, 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 story. They just share back and forth, triggered by each other. To have memories and stories pop into their mind to have ideas pop into their mind so what you can do here is you can actually start to combine different reflection techniques so you can do a basic reflection so oh you went fishing yeah i went fishing too actually that's a relating reflection you show that you've done what they've done or it reminds you of something similar in your life it's oh yeah my last boss was a total dickhead too that's um that is relating it's saying yeah we've got something in common here now i really got to emphasize this must be genuine for it to occur the thing is it can almost always be genuine because if you've had a human life and they've had a human life odds are you've had a lot of the same shit happen to you so if you're paying attention you won't need to think of what to say next your brain will just bring up memories bring up anecdotes bring up stories if you're just paying attention instead of trying to think of what a good thing to say might be i'd like to stop and interject with a with a key factor here it's one of the key things that allows me to listen properly to someone is the assumption that the most important thing they're going to say is going to happen last the most important thing they say will happen last so even though i'll come to conclusions and assumptions during their expression during what they're saying i immediately catch myself doing this and go wait there's more they're not finished yet. And i wait for the next bit. Because even if I'm so sure of myself that I know what they're trying to say and I know where they're going with it, I still cut myself off and say, maybe I don't. Maybe they'll surprise me this time. Let's wait and see. And i wait to the end. It's just a way of paying attention. It's also a way to cut off that needy desire to come up with a good thing to say next. You just let them finish and then allow your brain to react. And this is where relating can come in. you would be like, oh yeah that actually reminds me of the time that blah 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 now a lot of people get uh, a little bit confused at this stage for two reasons one is they ask well i can't stand it when people talk to me and they just try and beat my stories with their stories so that kind of effect and the second one is well what if someone doesn't stop talking you know what if you're waiting for them to finish and they don't stop talking so with the first one what i'd say is if if you feel that You don't like it when somebody tries to you know when they relate to you with their own experiences first you need to check in with yourself Mm -hmm. are they actually paying attention to you in which case you're just trying to steal the spotlight for yourself and you just feel insecure when somebody else gets a turn or is this just like their stories are so and their anecdotes are so unrelated to yours that it just shows you're not paying attention because i can guarantee you if you're relating to someone with something that's relevant something that genuinely occurred to you based on what they were saying and to them it won't feel like you're stealing the spotlight it will feel like you're sharing there's a big difference between someone going oh yeah no it's like this time and they tell a story and it's got nothing to do with what you're saying they just wanted their turn versus somebody goes ah oh, you know what that reminds me is this other time of blah 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 and you're like yeah yeah that's what i'm talking about that kind of connection as for the second one when somebody overshares which is a a reciprocation problem. Somebody, for some reason, either because you've allowed them to open up for the first time, the floodgates open and and everything just pours out. Or they're just somebody who has insecurity and anxiety and they're oversharing because they feel nervous about stopping speaking. With either of these cases, you can just set boundaries. You can go, wait, stop, 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 stop. I'm, I'm getting a bit lost because you're giving me like three things here. They're stuck with that first one. So you were saying that blah, blah, blah. And then you paraphrase. Or you relate you know i want to go back to that first story you said because it reminded me of this time that blah 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 so you can actually set boundaries quite clearly and use interrupting in a powerful way to build a connection that's a lot different to interrupting someone who hasn't finished speaking yet and the way to tell the difference usually is around topics if somebody's actually changed and moved on to a different topic and they're still talking it means they're probably babbling They're going on and on because they feel afraid to stop they feel that they'll lose your attention if they don't stop and actually interrupting them can help to show that you are paying attention you go wait you've given me too much here i want to go back to that first thing that really interested me when you were talking about blah 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 and you carry on from there the other thing is is, is a lot of people bring up these issues oh what if someone doesn't stop talking blah blah but it's not actually a real problem in their life they're just imagining a possible problem when it's a real problem sure deal with it but until that happens just try listening to people really stop worrying or stop trying to come up with the next best thing to say and just pay attention and be prepared for a silence at the ends where you can't think of anything to say because you were paying attention to them so much allow that to take place your brain will come up with something and if it doesn't just paraphrase just reflect back show that you've been paying attention so that third level is relating which brings us to the the two top levels this is where you really connect and this is the most powerful form of connection because it's based on the principle that we are emotional mammals so where we really connect is in emotions all that's other stuff all the content all the bits and pieces and details of our experience all of those are simply representative of emotions when I say hey I had a great time scuba diving what I'm really saying is I experienced excitement and exhilaration And that's where you can connect with me. You don't have to know a thing about scuba diving, but you do know something about excitement and exhilaration. And that's where you can connect with me. And this is why I think all people are interesting. It's because ultimately underneath whatever they're saying is something I can relate to. Even if they're talking about some experience I've never had about them traveling around a country that I've never been to, I still know what excited curiosity feels like. I still know what the new and scary experiences feel like. I can relate to them on that. I don't have to have been to Peru or whatever. So, the first of those two phases, so phase number four of reflective listening, is emotional identification. Emotional identification is when you correctly or incorrectly identify what emotion they're trying to express, where you look below, beyond the words, underneath the words. Look through the content, and you ask yourself, how are they feeling, or what kind of feeling are they trying to describe? So when somebody says, "Yeah, we went fishing the other day, you know, and caught this massive fish, and yeah, you should have seen it; it was took up half the boat." What they're saying is, "I'm proud of myself." What they're saying is, "It was a thrilling experience," and if you can identify that, they're going to really feel like you're paying attention. So you can be like, "Oh, you caught a big fish." And that's just paraphrasing or reflecting or you can be like wow that must be thrilling and that's when you show i'm listening to how you feel so emotional identification is simply trying to identify the emotion that they're that they're expressing and understand you don't have to get this right just guess take the signs and the evidence that you're seeing and and have a swing at it even if you get it wrong it'll still open up more of a conversation you can be like, oh, it sounds like it's really thrilling. Got like, oh no, actually, it was quite boring. Well, now you know more about him. Now you know that something that you thought was him describing thrilling was actually a boring experience. And you'd be like, oh, well, you sounded so excited about it. What do you mean it was boring? And you can learn more about the person through this, through trying to identify the emotion that they're trying to express. You can also help people to be more accurately expressive. So if somebody regularly presents a story in a way that doesn't accurately reflect what they're feeling. They may not realize that they like this they may not realize that they do not express themselves very well and you can help them through showing what you're perceiving them in terms of emotional identification what you're perceiving from them so emotional identification is simply trying to identify the emotion they're trying to express or describe and the final well it might not be the final who knows i might review these but the top level in my current awareness of of connecting with somebody through reflective listening is emotional relating so we talked about relating earlier like oh yeah i've been fishing too emotional relating is when you identify the emotion they're experiencing and you relate to it so you take it to that next level so somebody's like yeah we caught this massive fish took up half the boat blah blah, blah. and you're like oh man that's that sounds thrilling i remember the time when i um when i caught my first fish you know my my blood was just pounding and like somebody's trying to take the rod off me I'm like, dude get off me like this is all mine. I was just like so focused and you share the actual thrill that they're talking about and you don't even need to have had the same experience. A common example I used I think I used it in a previous brojo session talk about someone's telling me about when they're surfing, how they feel just so calm and focused and that one with the waves. And I can talk about how I feel like that when I'm on stage. I can talk about that how i feel like that when i'm playing with my band and be like yeah you know what that's that's just like when i'm on stage you know it's just me and the audience and nothing else matters i don't have any other life outside of that performance and i don't know what surfing's like because i'm I'm rubbish at it you know i can't even stand up on, on the board so i don't know what he's talking about in terms of being on a wave but i do know what he's talking about in terms of feeling focused and present that I have identified that this emotion he's talked about. And then I've related to him by sharing something from my own life where I felt that emotion. And that's where we both go, oh, we're both human. It's in the same realm. It's still emotional relating, but an even deeper level is when you relate on dark emotions, the ones that we're taught to feel ashamed of, the ones that uh, we really had to trust someone to show them and so on. This is how you can really build a connection and show that you have those ones too. When you share that, yes, you've felt nervous before. And yes, sometimes you have self doubt and fear. And sometimes you have anger that you're afraid of and, and so on. Those kind of emotions that you don't want anyone to know about. You know, this is why, why group therapy is so, so powerful is you go to a group and they all say, yes, we know how you feel. You know, that thing that you don't want to tell anyone else but that, that depression, that bipolar, that schizophrenia, that drug addiction. We know that feeling. And that's why you, if, gain so much connection from those kind of groups where well, you can create that in an everyday conversation it can be as simple as you know this emotional relating doesn't have to take hours to get to it, it can happen in seconds you know I've, I've done that like uh where i'll go to say speak to someone who's working in retail and i'll quickly go up this chance. like how's your day going fine i'm oh, fine like wow well, actually it's pretty boring and i can quickly just escalate and just go you know i used to work in retail as well so now i'm relating and kind of paraphrasing i used to work in retail as well and i tell you what the boredom used to just drive me crazy you know the repetition the, the people giving you shit all the time and you're just counting the hours guy hoping the clock will just come to an end and then go yes god that's how i feel right now and straight away you're two people rather than customer and client or whatever customer and service whatever You know, you become two people having a real connection about something that originally looked mundane, like, how's your day? Fine. It looks mundane, right? On the surface, it looks like this is not an interesting person. It's because you're not looking for that depth. So, to summarize, your ability to pay attention, your ability to listen, which goes so much beyond just hearing their words, but also goes to paying attention to their body language, their tone of voice, their emotional expression, is one of the main pillars of a connection and without it you can't have one it's as simple as that and there's these five basic tangible steps that you can use to show that you're paying attention which double as a method to train yourself to pay attention because you have to genuinely be paying attention to be able to show these things uh, and also teach you how to both have empathy for other people's emotions and then share them yourself so keep building up a deeper and deeper connection so you got basic reflection And for those of you who are new to this, I'd say go away this week and just practice this. Basic reflection. Mirror back what people have said to you in a basic form to show that you're listening. You've got paraphrasing where you take what they've given you and you give it back to them in a different way. You put it in your own words or in your own perspective and show them that you've seen it a little differently. And give them something of yourself. Then there's relating where you really give them something of yourself. You show that you've had a similar experience to them. You show that you understand what they're talking about because you've been through it before yourself. Or you've been through a similar experience then there's emotional identification where you go you know what i'm looking beyond your words and i can see how you feel or at least i think i can is this it and you show it to them this is a great way to get through small talk somebody's like oh yeah you know had a pretty good day on sunday blah 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 oh it sounds like it was kind of boring actually from your expression so yeah you know what actually sunday sucked. straight away small talks out the window and you're straight into deep and meaningful and the last one emotional relating I know how you feel and here's my evidence of that shows that you're paying the deepest level of attention by listening to their emotions and you give something back which allows them to feel safe and being vulnerable with you i hope that helps you guys and uh, i i seriously recommend that you choose whichever stage you feel that you're up to and go out there and practice it heavily use it with everyone it will feel weird at first you'll feel like this you know that they must know that you're doing this The funny thing is it doesn't matter if they do know that you're doing this it still works still feels great because you are paying attention if you're doing this stuff you can't really fake it i've had people do it to me who were trained who were the ones who trained me to do it so i know they're doing it to me and it still felt great it still felt like i was significant it still showed me that they were paying attention genuinely so go out there and practice and watch your connections transform and pay attention to the times that you don't pay attention. Watch yourself. Do you Are you really such a great listener like you like to tell yourself that you are? Or do you find that you drift, that you make assumptions, that you interrupt, that you judge, and that you're not really paying attention? So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Go out there and practice it. Send through your stories and experiences and questions as you go through with this. Cheers. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity.